Um, so we both got kids, right? I have this uh, seven-year-old. And so while well, she's going to pop in here as soon as I say this, because he's in the other room. But last night, um, we had already eaten dinner. And it was nice and breezy outside, right? Because we're in Texas. So we're, we're like in 100 degree plus weather on the daily. Uh, it cooled off last night. There was like the storm coming through and everything. And um, uh, when I say storm coming through, like the weather cooled off. It was supposed to be, you know, chance of thunderstorms, all that stuff. So we're like, hey, let's go outside. Let's go jump on the trampoline because the weather's nice. So we go outside, um, spend a little time outside. And then we're like, hey, come on in. Uh, his name's Cassius. We're like, come on in, Cassius. And like, it's time to get ready for bed. Got to go get a shower. And he says, well, you know, all of a sudden he's like, I'm hungry. It's like, dude, come on. We ate, we ate dinner. Now it's time to go shower and get to bed. And, he, and, then, and then my wife, I think, says something like, all right, if you're hungry, you can have a banana. And he goes, a banana? Like, <laughs> like he was insulted. Like we insulted him. And then after that, we had to bow down and yes, your majesty and feed him, <laughs> feed him his steak dinner. Uh, <laughs> a banana? Man, uh, bedtime is always so rough with us. The uh, toddler... He, we, we set timers, you know, and so he'll be really funny and he'll be like two more minutes. And so we'll set a two more minute timer and then we'll be like, two minutes last time. Okay. Two minutes last time. And then he'll, we'll set, and then it'll go off and he'll be like two minutes last time again. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure you know what those words mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. but it's, it's really rough. We actually did get uh, a big part of that storm last night, ended up without power for about three hours. Um, last night uh it, it came through it was like a short storm but it was lots of wind and i think a transformer got blown on the highway or something and so we were just waiting on that um which is kind of a bummer but you know we just after it made getting the boys down easy because it was a lot darker out than it typically is so yeah that's one of the things my son always says too well, it's not it's not dark outside it's yeah. not bedtime yet. It's hard in the summer, man. Like it's it's bright until nine o'clock at night. So I mean, my little one has zero FOMO. He is so different than his big brother. He fears missing out on sleep. So it's like 7:15 clockwork. He's like, somebody take me to bed. But my my little one, he's like, it's not night night yet. Mm, okay, but it is. It's night night time. Cause it's not really how tired you are, it's how tired you're making the rest of us. Um so, but it was good. Yeah. So we, my wife and I, we, we got the boys down and then we basically had to wait for the power didn't come on for like another hour. Um, but uh, today, of course, I have the day off and uh, I'm going to be working outside in that hundred day, uh, hundred degree heat. I'm going to cut the grass. We, you know, I don't, I don't love cutting grass. I do love working outside, you know that, but we have had a really hard time, like getting a consistent, like cadence with lawn care. So uh, we had just bought a lawnmower. I was like, that's the easiest way to make it consistent. Hey, well, that, that's how you know you've made it, right? Yeah, that's that's dad life, man. Right. So, you know, we're kind of talking about like little ones and stuff. And, I, and you know, I know you follow 100 Days of Code uh, and you've done that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both um, we've both done like some mentoring in the past. And we've also both like taught in the past and uh, have a desire to continue to do so. And so I, I kind of it felt like a logical next step, or at least it felt natural to kind of talk about how we got into tech um, or software, whatever you want to call it, because tech tech is kind of a pretty broad term. So yeah. I thought it made sense for anybody listening to say, you know, how did first understand how Randy got where he is now? So if you could take us back on your journey and then. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's a journey with lots of starts and stops. I have to start by actually talking about fifth grade. 
because something that happened to me, you know, in fifth grade, I was 1995. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, that's, that's about right. Anyways. Um, and kind of the internet was starting to be a thing. And I think my dad sort of knew that this was going to be something that really appealed to me. So one day I come home from school in fifth grade and there's a, a Tandy trash 80. Are you familiar with those computers? I've heard of it. It is a computer that's like, I mean, in 1995, when I got it, it was 15 years old. It was called a Trash 80 because it came out in 1980. It's like an old, like green screen computer. Anyways, I come home and this is sitting on my desk, just this big old computer with five and a half inch floppies and this humongous guide to basic. Uh, that's that's literally what it what it was. And, and my dad says to me, uh, he says, there's only one rule, Randy you break it, you fix it. And the reason I tell this story is because like that mindset, I think sunk into me so deep that it's really like underlying, been like the underline of my entire like journey in tech is like, cause he didn't say, if you break it, then you fix it. He said, the rule is you break it, you fix it. And so that's really kind of come, that's how I come at most problems is I just break them down uh, and break them down. And then, and then, you know, you break it till it's fixed. Um, so that's, that was, uh, probably the first foray into code that I, I got, I got really excited about writing really basic, basic programs. Like I would say, hi computer. And my computer would say, hi, Randy. And that would make me really excited. And that's that feedback loop that I Yeah. Think so, so what, what language was this in? This was in basic. I don't, I'm not like, that's a, it's a, uh, because I don't know, I had like go tos and if thens, like it's I don't I haven't written basic in in years and years and years, but the the language was basic, uh, and so uh, I learned it in a little bit of C plus uh, plus way back when, and then uh, I was in high school, I was at Sandia National Labs, I remember this, and I I would had learned C plus plus, and they put us in this like room for two days or so, and they're like. Java is the future. Everybody needs to learn Java. This was 2000, 2000 2001 um, timeframe. And they're, and they were like, this is, so Java had just become a thing and they're like, everybody needs to learn Java. So they put us on like a two day crash course to learn Java. Um, and then, uh, but then I didn't mess with it at all, man. After that, I, as you know, I joined the service. I was a chemist. Um, I put together a little like toy sites here and there, but nothing, nothing really serious um, at all for years and years and years. Um, and so I went through the military again, I, but I owned my own domain through all of that. I owned my own domain. I bought a domain in like 2003 and I owned it and I still own it mostly because I can't get away from it because my email set up there. Like nothing else lives there anymore. Um, I can't remember which one. Uh, that's I think we own like between the both of us probably like a hundred to two hundred different domains. So which one is that one? That's Being Brown, uh, BeingBrown.net. Uh, I've had that since two thousand and three. Do you um, have anything sitting there? Nope, nothing. Uh, just my email. Uh, I don't even think like if you go like and try to. I mean, there was something there for a while, but uh, the only thing now is is just my email is hosted there. Um, and and that's literally the only reason I still have the domain. I'd let it expire now because I don't use that handle anymore. Uh, but you know how hard it is to migrate off of email. It's a, a pain. So I'm still, still in the process of that. Uh, but yeah, so then I uh, went to be a teacher and um, my second year teacher, I was working with our behavior um, 
like our behavior specialist group and I was a trained behavior specialist and I was, uh, we were trying to put in place a system to like basically make everybody's behavior management consistent across the entire um, campus. And so I took a macros on top of a Google spreadsheet. Uh, and that was, as you know, that evolved into an ed tech uh, company that uh, I worked at for, well, worked with a partner on for a while. Um, and in the middle of all of that, I also, uh, I think the real core, what, like that was, you know, evolved into an ed tech company, but the, the thing that actually shifted me into programming was that, uh, when I was teaching two of, or a couple of my students came to me and they were like, Hey, sir, can you, can you teach us to make Tumblr profiles? And I was like, what's a Tumblr? Um, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, it's kind of like MySpace. You could like hack it with CSS and stuff. And I was like, okay, this doesn't look too bad. And so I did that. And I ended up starting like a computer science like club at my school. And then that summer, my principal was like, hey, do you want to go to a camp to learn how to teach computer science? And so I did that. I went for a week to a like training camp on how to teach computer science. And honestly, man, they had us moving this little dog. The, the camp was called Code HS. And, or like the program that we were using was called Code HS and they had us moving this little dog around a little map to get a ball with commands. You would just say like, move left, move up, turn left. And I was freaking hooked. That's honestly what it came down to is I was like hooked. And like, so I was doing all of these exercises that I was supposed to be teaching the kids how to do because I was hooked on learning it. So at that point I decided to go back yeah. to school. Did you find yourself pushing them out of the way? Well, I was like, I would like use my, my teacher account to like go and solve all of the puzzles because they gave us full access to the platform. And like, I was working on it at night and stuff like, and, and in my head, like I was justifying it as, yeah, I need to know how to solve this puzzle because when the kid gets here, like, but like, really I was, you know, I, I was just having a good old time. And so then I, the next year I started teaching computer science, decided to like go back to school for it. And um, that was 2014. In the summer of 24 or in the, the spring, the like January 2014 is kind of when I count like my I'm actually going to learn to program. At this point, I still had an ed tech that was running off of a Google sheet with macros. So really hacky. And, and so we, you know, I went and learned JavaScript and we we built an, a full application instead of running on Google Sheets. I went to school. And then in 2016, as you know, uh, I met a man named Brian Parks and uh, he uh uh, was running a program and that enabled uh, the hired people with no technical experience and put them through a 23 week boot camp and then gave them a job on the floor. And uh, shortly after I went through that program, uh, you you showed up. That was um, uh, anybody who knows Brian will know that uh, that whole experience most likely or most definitely changed your life. Oh yeah, uh, but, but let's kind of pause there and come back to that in a second. What was your what was your degree in before you went back for computer science? Uh, man, this is a, I, uh, so I, I studied math and chemistry, and then I went back to school again and studied special education. Okay, so when you were teaching, you were teaching a combination of the three. I was teaching math, and uh, and I actually wasn't teaching special education at all. I was just teaching math, but I had uh, I was teaching at a regional day school for the deaf. Okay, because when I, when I hear this story, it you kind of took the roundabout way into technology, oh, yeah. right? Especially when I hear how you were dabbling in technology. Uh, your dad buys you this computer or at least brings home a computer and encourages you to fix it. Uh, took a different approach then as, as opposed to saying, don't touch it. If you break it, you know, um, you know, there's going to be lots of trouble, but he encouraged you to break it. And so before we come back to, you know, how we, how we met, 
I hear all the time on LinkedIn, right? It's, it's super difficult to enter into tech. Were you, you, you built your, you built an ed tech startup, mm -hmm. but before you met Brian, before you started at USA, was there, did you apply for other jobs? Were you trying to get in at other places? You know, I, I didn't. And honestly, uh, this is probably a really big regret for me. Um, and I, cause I had been, you know, I was, I was in online and open source communities since 2014. And I had people telling me all the time to start applying and I didn't feel ready. Um, and I didn't feel ready and I didn't feel ready. In fact, I gotta, I, I gotta tell you, I have a friend of mine that actually worked at USA and, and helped me, uh, get through that process to get in there. But one night I went over to his house and he had actually invited this friend of his over that worked up in Austin for a tech company that was looking for a PHP and JavaScript developer, which at the time was the languages I knew. And so basically he'd kind of set up this like informal interview to help me like get over my confidence issues. And she emailed me like two days later and was like, hey, shoot me your resume. We'd love to like have you and, uh, you know, go through the process. And I never did. I literally never did because I was terrified of the fact that like I wasn't good enough yet. Uh, that I just wasn't good enough. And so, yeah, I spent, and, and, you know, when I think back, like I, I knew I wanted to transition out of teaching in, in 2014. And I'm really satisfied with the things I did in my last three years teaching, but like knowing that I could have taken my family in a different direction, like much sooner definitely hits home because like, yeah, I had a really bad, I, I I'm not going to say imposter syndrome because like, I, I legitimately don't think I was good enough even though the people all around me were like, just apply, man, just apply. And so I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't applying. I applied for exactly one job before USA um, in the early, early uh, 20, it was 2016. It was the same year uh, with Google. And that was the thing that sort of made me realize like that if I was going to apply there, I may as well apply other places. Like I had a resume now. And so uh, that, but yeah, before, before USA, I wasn't applying anywhere because I didn't, I didn't have the confidence for it. So if I could go back into it again and knowing now that it's kind of just a numbers game, like it's, it's spaghetti, right? You throw your, you throw your application out there and, and you'll, you'll find a job um, or you'll get feedback that will tell you why, why you can't find a job. And so, yeah, I, I wish that I had applied more frequently and earlier for sure. Yeah, I think that's a common theme through lots of folks. I, I faced it as well, is not feeling like you're ready, not feeling like you belong, um, you know, afraid of all the rejection potentially you're going to get. But um, what's your title today? What do you do? Yeah, I am a uh, principal developer productivity software engineer. Um, I work uh, in a, in a uh, mental health uh, startup that has about 200 and then something engineers. And my focus is on just removing um, technical barriers, improving quality, uh, even removing process and uh, people obstacles to make uh, the ergonomics around development and delivery faster and better. This is a pretty cool position. Of course, you know, before this, I was a front-end architect and one of the like, with, with many of the same bents, I've always kind of had a tooling bent, but uh, you know, when, you're, when you have like that label of a specific domain, like the scope of the things that you can change is pretty narrow. Like you can't go and change backend things, even though backend things might be the problem if you're the front end architect. But now in a, as a developer productivity, like anything, anything that I think impacts developer productivity is like in scope for me. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my, I'm a principal developer productivity engineer. That's my title these days.
Yeah, that's, I mean, I'll be honest, that's pretty impressive. Somebody comes and says, hey, you know, I don't think that I belong or I have imposter syndrome, or I don't think that I'm good enough, or I don't think that I'm ready. So huge, uh, huge uh, leaps that you've taken. Big uh, impact. I think you've used the term in the past, um, outsized impact. The idea that you can touch lots of parts of an organization and have really large uh, impact. Uh, My story is not so different. There's actually some similarities. Join us next time as we continue our journey into tech.